Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine doctor. I get to consult people around the world via webcam, and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, The Inflammation Spectrum, Ketotarian, and my brand new book, Gut Feelings. If you want to learn more about the telehealth center that we have, becoming a patient, we actually have brand new telehealth patient options open right now, and just learn more about our clinical work. And We have lots of free resources there for you as well. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. And listeners of The Art of Being Well, we are giving away free signed books every single month. No matter when you listen to this episode, my team and I will be randomly picking winners. All you have to do is head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review The Art of Being Well there. Tell us what you love about the show. You can leave your Instagram handle in the Apple Podcast review itself, or you can take a screenshot of your Apple Podcast review and message me with that screenshot on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole. And every single month, we'll be randomly picking winners by going through the messages on Instagram, as well as the Apple Podcast reviews themselves. And then I'll reach out to you. I'll ask which book you want me to sign, and we'll send it out to you. All right, let's get to today's guest. Her name is Dr. Isabella Wentz. Dr. Wentz is an internationally acclaimed thyroid specialist and a licensed pharmacist who has dedicated her career to addressing the root causes of autoimmune thyroid disease after being diagnosed with Hashimoto's in 2009. She's the author of three books on Hashimoto's, Hashimoto's Thyroiditis Lifestyle Interventions for Finding and Treating the Root Cause, Hashimoto's Food Pharmacology, and Hashimoto's Protocol which became a number one New York Times bestseller. Let's get right to it. This is Dr. Isabella Wentz, Art of Being Well. My friend, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a joy to be here with you. Oh my gosh. The people are going to learn so much about your work today and just actionable steps to 
improve their health. I love this new book. Maybe let, let's start there. How how did the book come about? How how many years in the making was it? Let's start there. So the book about adrenals has been probably in the making for at least 10 years. When I was first diagnosed with Hashimoto's, people know me as like the thyroid pharmacist and I write about what it takes to get thyroid issues into remission because of my own healing journey. And part of that journey was actually adrenal dysfunction. And I had a dysregulated stress response. I was brain fogged. I was tired all day. I had trouble waking up in the morning, unrefreshing sleep, just just kind of like walking around wired, but tired, super anxious, and always very much on edge and irritable. Where when I first kind of started changing my diet, I felt I saw a lot of benefits with eliminating the foods that were inflammatory to me and things got a lot better, right? So my acid reflux and carpal tunnel went away and my IBS went away with, with just some of the foods. I took thyroid meds and those helped a little bit. But then I was still left with this, you know, this like awful, awful cluster of symptoms where, you know, doctors were saying like, oh, well, maybe you're just anxious. You just need antidepressants or you're stressed. Everybody's stressed. Why don't you like stress less or whatever. Right. And talked about adrenal fatigue to me. And I like being a skeptical pharmacist, you know, this was over a decade ago. I was like, I'm going to look it up and see what it, what the websites say about it. And it was like, well, it doesn't exist. It's like a fake disorder. It's a quack diagnosis. And I was like, okay, okay. Then I'm not going to like, I'm not going to, you know, go that route. I'll look at other things. And then I kept kind of hearing about it. Finally, the 15th person was like, you need to consider adrenal fatigue. And I was like, fine, I will, I will look into it. Right. And sure enough, I had all the symptoms and the treatments for it helped me. I was like, holy cow, this stuff actually works. And I started feeling human again. Right. So I started feeling like, okay, I have energy in the morning. My brain's working again. I'm sleeping well. I'm having refreshing sleep. I don't need to sleep like 11 hours a night to wake up exhausted the next day. My husband used to be a runner and he would go out jogging. And if he wasn't back for like, like 30 minutes later, I would be like, oh my gosh, what happened to him? Where is he? And I had this awful, awful anxiety. And all of a sudden he's like, where did your anxiety go? Like you're so like relaxed and laid back. And I'm like, but this is the true me. This is the true me. I'm a very happy, very relaxed, very laid back person with lots of energy. But it took like almost a decade of me having symptoms prior to my diagnosis and coming across adrenal dysfunction to get back the person who I've always been. And right now I decided to come out with a whole book about adrenals because I've come across some new approaches to get a person out of that fight or flight, danger, overwhelmed state, very quickly how to shift into more of a thriving state. And this was courtesy of my son who five years ago, he's going to be turning five soon, but five years ago, he did not sleep. He didn't sleep for a few years. And I found myself again in that survival mode. And I couldn't utilize the hormones and all the cool functional medicine supplements because I was a nursing mom. And so I came up mm -hmm. with a plan that I could use as a nursing mom and that others could use who don't need to take hormones or do extensive lab tests. And I've worked with over 3000 people with this program now. So um, I'm excited wow. to share more about it. Oh, let's get into it. Let's get into the logistics and the details of it all. And I something that you said that's very poignant that I find to be very 
I hear it often uh, from telehealth patients is that they think certain aspects of themselves are just who they are and their personality. Like I am just an anxious person or I am just this, that they normalize these things that they may have been de dealing with for years of their life. And like you said, you're a relaxed person. You're not, you weren't identifying with the anxiety or anxiousness. There was something physiological hormonally that was causing and contributing to the anxiety. So can you, I guess let's define what adrenal dysfunction is or adrenal fatigue. Do you even, do you like that term, I guess? And, and you mentioned it being sort of a quack diagnosis and people still, when we're talking about HPA axis dysregulation and what you talk about, there's still a lot of pushback with the con quote unquote conventional mindset, people that are coming from the conventional world. Why is that? And what is actually going on? Sure. And I, I think it's, you know, I, I, I get it. I'm a pharmacist. I'm trained in conventional medicine. I, I think a lot of it comes from the nomenclature around it. So the term adrenal fatigued was coined by a naturopathic doctor who noticed this cluster of symptoms in people that he was working with, right? That we just talked about they're wired, but tired. They have unrefreshing sleep. They can't tolerate stress. And he called it adrenal fatigue. Now his theory mm -hmm at the time was that it was a mild version of Addison's disease and that our mm. adrenal glands were not able to produce cortisol and other stress hormones at the right times throughout the day and in insufficient amounts. So that, that was his theory. Now, the cluster of symptoms he described was spot on, right? However, kind of the mechanism of action of what's going on physiologically, it wasn't, it has been proven to not be the case of what he initially thought it was. And People will go to see an endocrinologist and they'll say, I, have, I think I have adrenal issues. And the endocrinologist will test them for Addison's disease. And they'll say, you don't have Addison's disease. You do not have adrenal issues. And they don't recognize this cluster of symptoms. And I wouldn't call it a disease, right? So adrenal fatigue is not a disease. Rather, it's the way that the body adapts to chronic stress. It's kind of this stress state that we get stuck in. And what's happening is that our adrenal glands they're capable of producing stress hormones in the right amounts at the right time. They're just not doing it because of a feedback loop that's been impacted between the brain and then our adrenal glands that are producing the hormones. And so the term hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis dysfunction is more of the like physiologically correct term. And this is the term that has all of the research on PubMed behind it. But you know what? Like try to say that seven times fast, like it doesn't roll off the tongue, does it? So I just say adrenal dysfunction, I'll say adrenal fatigue. Burnout is another common word that describes this cluster of symptoms. So I don't care what you call it. I just want people to know, like, if you're going through this, this is a real thing that you're going through. And there's mm -hmm. a very real and predictive way, predictable way for you to get out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm thinking of the people and it doesn't have to be both and, but people that we see, you and I both see, had have seen for a long time, people that have thyroid dysfunctions and people that have these HPA axis dysregulation issues, there's so much medical gaslighting, right? I mean, there's so many, they go to their doctor and they're told, like you said, like, oh, you're just depressed, take this antidepressant, you're just a new mom, you're just stressed out. And there's so much, uh, you, you're oftentimes people are made to feel like they're crazy or they're hypochondriacs. Uh, do you see that to be the case as well? And what, I guess, what people that are, that have gone through that, what advice would you give them? 
Oh my gosh. And thanks so much for bringing this up and raising awareness about medical gaslighting. I have seen this for over a decade. People that I talk to who are struggling with weight issues because they have thyroid issues or that stress dysfunction, they're told to put down the fork by their doctors. They're told they have fork to mouth disease. They're told that, you know, they're hypochondriacs, that it's all in their heads, that they're just crazy. And it's just so, so disempowering. We, I would say for anybody that maybe has heard that, you know your body best. You live in your body. You have have been in it for, I don't know, 15, 20, 40 years, maybe 70 years, however old you are. And list, your body's giving you signs and symptoms to try to tell you that something's out of balance and tune into that. And if you could find a practitioner that will listen to you, then do so. I know that doctors are not all created equally, right? Dr. Wilco has an amazing clinic that he could see patients virtually. And you know you don't have to be stuck in your town. There's so many options right now for you to be able to find somebody that listens to you and also really work on empowering yourself. So, you know, read books, read blogs, listen to podcasts and listen to what resonates with you because a lot of times, you know, you being empowered is what's going to help you take charge of your own health and get you on the way to healing. Yeah. Thank you. That's truth. Really truth. Have you heard about Element before? I take Element every day. I take it a little bit extra when I'm in my infrared sauna or when I'm working out or maybe feeling a little bit more stressed, but it is a game changer in my life. My telehealth team loves Element and all our telehealth patients that listen to the podcast, they know that we're big Element fans around here. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. It contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio, 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium and 60 milligrams of magnesium, but you get none of the junk. There's no junk ingredients in here, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no fillers, no BS. Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited to folks following keto, low carb, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, doesn't matter how you eat. If you just eat whatever the heck you want, Element's still gonna be supportive of your health. Electrolytes facilitate hundreds of functions in the body, including the conduction of nerve impulses, hormone regulation, nutrient absorption, and fluid balance. I've seen this so many times. People, we oftentimes will complicate things, but something as simple as supporting our electrolytes can be an amazing thing because when electrolytes are imbalanced, it can cause a whole host of issues. Element can help prevent and eliminate headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, sleeplessness, and other common symptoms of electrolyte deficiencies and imbalances. Right now, Element is offering the Art of Being Well listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets completely free with any Element order. This is a great way to try out all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend, which you know we all have one of those, at least one. <laughs> Get yours at drinkelement.com slash Cole. This deal is only available through this link, so you have to go to drinklmnt.com slash Cole. drinkelement.com slash Cole. Let's talk about cortisol and circadian rhythm of cortisol. Many people automatically will assume when they know cortisol 
tangentially, they know uh, it's cortisol is associated with the stress. It's a stress hormone. And then they equate that with quote unquote bad, right? A cortisol is bad. Can you break it down for us? What is cortisol bad or not bad? And, and maybe let's look at cortisol from a different paradigm. What, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, that's such a great question. If you like tune into traditional media, you'll hear cortisol bad, cortisol bad. It makes us fat, right? And this is true if you have too much cortisol, right? So too much cortisol can cause us to store belly fat because we have a lot of cortisol receptors in our tummies. But here's the thing, you need cortisol to live. And cortisol in the right amounts throughout the day is going to help you balance your immune system. It has an anti-inflammatory effect in the body. So cortisol is part of our repair system in the body. And the other thing is cortisol gives us that nice bit of energy in the morning when we wake up. We typically hope for a healthy person to have good amounts of cortisol in the morning where the cortisol curve starts off like we have more cortisol, time to wake up. And then you gradually go down as the day goes on where you you feel like you're on a, on a gradual slide where as the day progresses, you have good energy when you wake up, your brain's working well, you're feeling calm, you're feeling like you can get things done. And then as the day goes on, after, after dinner, after sunset, you're like, huh, I am ready to wind down. And then you get to bed and you feel refreshed and you sleep well. And then the next morning you wake up and you're you're happy to be alive. You're happy to be awake and you feel good. You feel good the whole day. And then your body's really aligned with that circadian rhythm where, hey, sun's shining. All right. Time, time to have energy. And when it's dark outside, time to sleep and time to rest and recover. Got it. Thanks for clarifying that. And you mentioned the original hypothesis of quote unquote adrenal fatigue was thinking it was an adrenal-based issue, adrenal-centric issue. It was like a mild Addison's disease or autoimmune adrenal disease. But now the research is very clear that it's a brain-based stress response. Like you said, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal, the brain adrenal communication line. Something that I see clinically a lot with labs are, you know, obviously dysregulation, high when it should be low, low when it should be high, cortisol levels, or like you said, it could be always high for some people, or I see this phenomenon typically with chronic fatigue syndrome, which is separate than just HPA axis dysregulation. Now there is HPA axis dysregulation I find in most, if not everybody with CFS, but this phenomenon that I see pretty much very low cortisol for most people with CFS. Yep. Do you find that to be the case? And then almost invariably every time someone with chronic fatigue syndrome that fits that criteria, right? They are there. They feel like, whoa, I felt like my cortisol would be high. I feel stressed all the time. What do you mean it's low? Can you explain that phenomenon that maybe that people have gotten a Dutch test or a adrenal test and they have it really low, but they feel anything but low cortisol? Yeah, absolutely. So people with chronic fatigue syndrome and people with hypothyroidism, majority of the time, they're going to have a pattern of that, what I call flatlined adrenals, where they're under a lot of stress, but they have a hard time getting up in the morning. They're brain fogged and tired all throughout the day. And they just, you know, their sleep is very unrefreshed. And, and, you know, as the name would imply, chronic fatigue syndrome, you would expect that from a clinical perspective. But I feel like so much of the messaging that we hear is that like everybody has high cortisol, 
we need to lower our cortisol. We need to exercise, do aerobic exercise to lower our cortisol. We need to do, you know, we can do this to lower our cortisol. And a lot of times these people, like they're doing all the things to lower cortisol because they know they have stress in their lives and they feel stressed out, but they have low cortisol because their body has been under stress for so long that this adaptation happens. So our body, after a while of this like high cortisol state, that's that's where most people will start out when they have a stressful traumatic experience. When the body gets stuck in that, things will change over time because that high cortisol state can be very, very taxing on our system and very damaging. I think of it's kind of like the, the boy that cried wolf syndrome, right? Where something will happen with these receptors where the body will say, okay, you know, you are stressed. We see that. So we put out all this cortisol. You're still stressed. We can't keep producing so much cortisol all the time. So we need to adjust, right? And so the body goes into this conservation mode and the cortisol production kind of down regulates. And if, if, you know, the, the functional medicine labs, you can look at patterns as what happens over time if you don't intervene. And initially a person will start off with high cortisol then eventually they'll go on what I call a cortisol roller coaster where they'll start having some dips in their cortisol. And this feels awful. It feels like you're having a panic attack, like sometimes like a 3 p.m. crash. And as time goes on, they'll have a flipped cortisol curve where they have low cortisol in the morning, high cortisol in the evening, because the body will sort of save that burst of cortisol in the evenings when it's under a lot of stress. And then they're night owls, they can't sleep. You give it a little bit more time or, you know, depends on the person, how quickly this can progress. And then that people will end up with flatlined adrenals. And this is what I see in people with autoimmunity. You know, my Mm -hmm. primary population that I've worked with is like, most of the time you're going to be in that low cortisol state. And yes, you're Mm -hmm. stressed out and yes, you have, but your body has been like, we've been under stress for so long. We like, we Mm -hmm. can't keep up with the demand. Yeah. And as you said earlier, cortisol is an endogenous immunosuppressant, right? It's a natural anti-inflammatory. So that regulating regulatory mechanism, part of it is not attenuating that inflammation. So you'll oftentimes see these higher inflammation states, but that one, one of those mechanisms, at least, if not more are not uh, regulating itself appropriately. So how do people that, you know, the, the question that everybody has when you go over these labs or they start saying, oh, I feel like that even subdiagnostically, I, I feel wired and tired. I feel anxious and exhausted. I have trouble with falling asleep and staying asleep. All these symptoms of HPA axis dysregulation. How did I get here? How did this come to be? So what are the most common and maybe what are a few surprising contributing factors of how we got to this place? So essentially it's stress, right? And typically people think of stress as like, I have an annoying boss or I'm stuck in traffic a lot or whatever the case be where it's like very obvious and present in our day-to-day lives. This is very, very relevant, right? And people will focus on de-stressing. And sometimes that could be it. I know one person reviewed one of my older books and said, I didn't need to make any lifestyle changes. I just quit my annoying job and all of my (laughs) health issues went away, right? So that could be a very obvious thing, something really stressful in your present time that's that's putting you in that like survival mode then there are other things that we may not be aware of so history of past trauma um, things like adverse childhood events these are all things that can contribute to a dysregulated hpa axis and the studies and the research will show people who have a history of 
adverse, uh, adverse childhood events are going to be more likely to have autoimmunity, HPA access dysregulation as they are later on in life. So traumatic, past traumatic stress can also set us up into that survival mode. Then there are things that are present in modern day life. So we have deadlines, we have sleep deprivation, over-exercising, under-eating. You know, I, I kind of think about like a cave woman. What would she think if somebody was like skipping meals, eating inflammatory foods and running on a treadmill all day? She would be like, we're in a famine. I have to conserve my energy, right? <laughs> and this is what happens. This is our body's kind of survival. It's like you're pushing too hard. There's got to be a reason for this. It must be a bear. Like it must be a bear or a tiger or a lion or something crazy. Otherwise, why on earth would somebody be like running for, you know, two hours a day or, or doing some of these excessive things, right? So there's, there's that physiological stress that can be quite obvious. And then there are hidden sources of that inflammation and stress. And these are things like food sensitivities. These are things like blood sugar imbalances and also chronic infections. So you might have an H. pylori infection that's causing a lot of inflammation in your digestive tract, but you don't know that, right? Unless you test for it, or you might have a protozoal infection that's causing a lot of inflammation in your digestive tract and, and you wouldn't know it. And then there's things like toxic exposure, that mold exposure being one example of something that, you know, you could have a beautiful life, a very happy life, but you get into a moldy situation you're eating all the right foods and that's a big stressor on your body and your body gets overwhelmed and shifts into that survival mode. So, so anything mm -hmm. that sends the body a message that we're not safe mm -hmm. can really shift that shift us into that survival mode. Absolutely. I mean, you're absolutely right. It's the physiological stressors and the psychological stressors, both of those, the interplay that I see so often. And I, I that biotoxin category, right? The people that tend to have different HLA gene variants or methylation gene variants that genetically tend to be more sensitive to things like viruses and mold and bacteria and environmental toxins. And they say often, I mean, not to say that there are, people can have both physiological and psychological like life stressors, but you will talk to the people that are like, I have the perfect life. Like you said, I have nothing to be stressed about, but I feel horrible. Oftentimes it's a physiological stressor that's causing dysregulation of their hormones. And the hormones are just these, you know, ripple effects of, of something upstream that's stressing it. Something that you talked about earlier when we were talking about chronic uh, fatigue syndrome and that lower cortisol, I've read reports of the mechanism of action of ad adrenaline basically overcompensating for a weak H, uh, lower cortisol yeah. levels. Is there any validity there? What are your thoughts on that? Like why they feel maybe the anxiety or hypervigilance? Oh my gosh, yes. There is something known as adrenaline dominance too when we're in that HPA axis depletion. And there, there's this beautiful hormone cascade. And I have a, like, I wish I had a blackboard, but I could draw it. But all of our hormones are made from cholesterol and they kind of get priorities of different hormones get shifted in. And what happens when people are under a lot of stress and they're in that chronic stress response, certain hormones will get priority to be created, right? And this is known as like a pregnenolone steal. So women will oftentimes have low levels of progesterone where in, they're in that stressed out state. And so they don't have enough of, your, of their chill hormone, right? But then adrenaline production may also get like preferred, right? So the body will produce more adrenaline where we're in that state and they don't, 
they don't have enough of the chill hormones and they have too much of like the, I'm super anxious and alert and, you know, I'm in sympathetic dominance hormones. And that can be a very real phenomenon where they just feel super edgy all the time. Somebody, you know, I had this situation where I had an off, I was working in an office and somebody would come into my office and they would say hello. And I'd like jump out of my seat. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm constantly so on edge. And if you're that person, maybe you think you're high strung, or maybe you think you're just like an edgy, irritable person, but that doesn't have to be you. That's just the hormones in your body. They're trying to regulate themselves. Right. So one hormone is always trying to like when cortisol is low, other hormones will try to come up and compensate even thyroid hormones too. So when a person has hypothyroidism and I see this frequently, they will overcompensate by not making, not breaking down their cortisol correctly. So Mm -hmm. more cortisol stays on board. And once they get on thyroid hormones, that cortisol clearance goes up and they'll say, I thought I was going to have more energy with thyroid meds. All of a sudden I have less energy because of all the hormones just talking to one another, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well said. I have used Propolis for years to help support my immune system and keep my body healthy when I start to feel run down. I use the Propolis Immune Support Throat Spray nonstop when I'm traveling to help support my immune system when it matters most. I take the Propolis Immune Support Throat Spray as a daily ritual to support my immune system or I spray it to soothe a scratchy, uncomfortable throat when I'm consulting patients during the day. I'm talking about labs and all the things I'm talking about in their health case, it can be a lot of talking. So this is a game changer. If you ever have a scratchy, irritated throat, if you feel a little bit run down, just support your immune system. It's easy to use. It's very effective and you can bring it everywhere with you and it tastes delicious. Just four sprays daily. It's all you need. It supports your immune health and helps keep me feeling my best all the time. What I love about Beekeepers Naturals is that they have clean and effective products that actually work third-party tested for all pesticides, and they're dedicated to sustainable beekeeping and helping save the bees, and they're female-founded. If you haven't listened to the episode I had with the founder of Beekeepers Naturals, you have to listen to People love that episode. We talk about so many things. Bee Propolis acts as the bee's medicine. It contains antioxidants like vitamin C, zinc, also nutrients like iron, B vitamins, and more to help support the human immune system. Propolis is the defender of the hive and bees use it to protect their hive from any bacteria that might harm them. It's the hive's immune system. Today, Beekeepers Naturals is offering you an exclusive offer. Go to beekeepersnaturals.com slash willcole or enter code willcole to get 20% off the first order. That's B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com slash willcole or enter code willcole. Beekeepers Naturals products are also available at Target, Whole Foods, CVS, and Walgreens. Start feeling better every day today. All right, so these two set of hormone pathways and and profiles, and people oftentimes will have a bit of both, uh, some thyroid issues, some HPA axis issues, cortisol issues. Can we talk, I'd love to get your take on intermittent fasting and people that have those set of issues. I know every case is different and there's many other variables to consider, but what's your 
intake? What's your perspective on this? What's your hot take on on intermittent fasting and thyroid and HPA axis issues? Intermittent fasting can be really fabulous for some people. It can help them, you know, get to a healthier weight. It can help with autophagy, helping their, you know, clean up their system. It can be incredibly game-changing. The tricky part is it has to be used at the right time in your healing journey. So if you use it too early on, if you're in that low cortisol state, you're going to be that person that's like, I'm doing exercise and I feel exhausted. I'm doing fasting and I feel awful. And, you know, I'm doing all of these things that people are telling me to do that are supposed to make me feel better. Why do I feel so bad? So if you're that person, then that's a chance. There's a there's a sign for you that's probably not the right thing for you, not the right amount of exercise, not the right type of diet for you. So oftentimes, mm-hmm. because people in that early cortisol state or in that low cortisol state, in, and I, I call them people early on in their healing journey because that's when they usually come to me, they're going to have a lot of blood sugar issues. And so for what we're typically going to be doing for them is we're going to be focusing on getting them out of survival mode things like exercise and skipping meals. You know, if you already have so many danger signals that are going into your body, that could be one extra danger signal going into your body. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to send you safety signals so that you we shift the scale so you get more into that survival mode. And part of that is making sure you have plenty of protein. And protein is going to help your body repair itself. That whole like fight or flight, you know, the adrenaline dominance, that's a catabolic process when your body is breaking itself down for fuel. We want to give you more amino acids from protein so you can start rebuilding your body. So in the initial stages, people are like, I'm trying fasting and I'm doing all this exercise and I'm doing low-cal, but I just keep gaining weight. And I'm like, okay, trust me on this. Your cortisol levels are tanked. Let's not do exercise for a few weeks. Let's not do like aerobic exercise. Let's not run. And let's just get you eating every few hours, right? Two to three hours, protein, fat, protein, fat. And then they're like, wait, I lost 10 pounds within a month and I did less exercise and I ate more food. But again, it depends on where a person is on their healing journey. For the people, I'm talking to the people that are like trying all the things and they don't feel good, could be because your cortisol is low, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, right. These are hormetic stress i mean they're they're good stressors but stressing an already stressed out system is can absolutely be counterproductive uh so i always say it's it's how are you doing the fasting who's doing the fasting and how much of it are you doing because the dose matters and the person and like you said where are you at on your journey matters uh and what serves you today isn't necessarily what you're always going to have to do uh, throughout your journey if you're supporting your health so is there let's just say somebody is, has gotten these core things. They are nourishing their body. They're not restricting calories. Their body's not in that really low baseline cortisol, adrenaline dominance. Is there a window of intermittent fasting that you find works the best for people that have thyroid and HPA axis issues, or is it really individual? Um, so I will find initially when I start working with people, they're w- waking up at 3 a.m., right? And so I'll have, I'll be like, have a banana by your bedside so you can have a snack. Sometimes have something at 9 p.m., right? When right before you go to bed so that you are getting enough fuel. But then we work through that. So we do focus on balancing throughout the program. We utilize myo inositol as well as a few ways to kind of clean up the gut, clean up that 
hypoglycemic response that people are getting. And then we kind of shrink the window as time goes on. Mm -hmm. And generally what I would recommend for most people, once they go through a four week plan is make sure that you're eating only during daylight hours, right? That's going to be the first place to start. And, you know, you're waking up and you're, we want to get you to a place when you're feeling really good energy in the morning and that you're feeling tired at night. Once you get there, you have a lot more flexibility. So I can enter, I can do a lot of fasting. I can do a lot of, um, I can do a lot of hiking and a lot of fun things these days. You know, when I was a sleep deprived mom, I couldn't. So I had to go back on my healing journey. You know, I was a super avid hiker and super, super athletic and into fun things before I got pregnant and I was able to fast and, and it worked really well for me. Now, when I was super sleep deprived, I was like, okay, now I need to hunker down because Mm -hmm. I'm not getting good sleep. So I need to focus on my nutrition. Right. And so Mm -hmm. these are just important considerations to think through in your lifetime. Like, how do you feel? Right. Mm -hmm. Are you feeling like good if you're feeling good and if you're in a healing state and generally it takes just three to four weeks for people to reestablish that healthy cortisol pattern where they'll Mm -hmm. be able to then utilize intermittent fat they'll be able to tolerate so much more exercise um one of the key things and you know atp you if you know it's always fun to talk to fellow health nerds but the atp like the abbreviation is atp right it's mitochondria um, mm-hmm. energy production. So what we're really focusing on throughout the program is supporting the mitochondria so that you can go for longer periods of fasting. Carnitine can be a really big game changer for that when your body starts to utilize fatty acids for fuel. And then I'm also, you know, one of the key components of mitochondrial issues is exercise intolerance. So part of my plan is like really focusing on the mitochondria and the stress response to give you back that ability to do more exercise, all the fun things, right? And to be able to utilize things like longer fasting, because initially, if you're carnitine deficient, you're going to be, you're going to have a, you're going to have trouble with, with prolonged fasting. So, so that's actually part of the plan is to get people to feel really good and be able to do more of the, be be more tolerant of stressors and positive stressors included. Great. Got it. So you mentioned, just to unpack a few things there, you mentioned myo-inositol. Can you, for people that are, uh, what is that? What, what's myo-inositol? What can it do for somebody? I mean, how, how do we get it if, if we need it? So it is, you know, I have just six supplements that I recommend throughout the four-week program. And I, I try to be, you know, I think I'm very clever, but I try to research all of the supplements that have multiple uses. And myo-inositol is one of these supplements. It's actually used to be considered a B vitamin and it's a, it's a type of naturally made sugar. So it actually tastes sweet. I recommend using it in powder form and you can add it to like your tea or something else that you're utilizing throughout the day or at bedtime, but it helps people with blood sugar balance. It helps people with sleeping better. Um, it helps with actually normalizing the TSH and people with subclinical hypothyroidism. It helps with obsessive compulsive disorder. It helps with anxiety. And this is one of the beautiful supplements that I like to utilize because it has so many wonderful benefits. You can get it from blueberries, but you would have to eat a lot of blueberries. (laughs) (laughs) So I just have a powder that I would recommend. And people typically I'll say like, have a little bit of a tea in the evening to help you relax and unwind. And just use it like you would a sweetener and add that to your tea. 
And this can be part of your bedtime routine to help you get like more settled and and get get all of the flights of ideas out of your head so you can you can rest. I love it. And I love that you've simplified it. It's a, it's a multi-pronged, efficient uh, approach to supplementation. You mentioned carnitine. So what, how, what role does carnitine play in rehabbing our HPA axis? And how do we get that? So carnitine, the primary source is in red meat, right? And so typically I will recommend adjusting diet. And I know people have you know various reasons why may, they may not want to eat red meat. And I'm I'm always very, you know, appreciative of people's unique needs and I try to meet them where they are. So it's also available as a supplement. And the again, it's it's one of these supplements that has so many different benefits. So L-carnitine works on strengthening our muscles and acetyl-L-carnitine helps us with our brain function. There is there've been a lot of studies done in people with an overactive thyroid where they'll have muscle wasting. And carnitine is what helps them build that strong muscle back up. And then mm. people with hypothyroidism, they will not be producing enough carnitine on their own. And carnitine can be really helpful with fatigue. And for my clients, I particularly find it beneficial for brain fog. So the program we have about within three to four weeks, 92% of the people that have gone through the program and reported their results will have an improvement in brain fog. And part of that is carnitine works to clear out ammonia out of our bodies. There is a um, process of when people who are constipated or maybe they're not digesting their proteins, they have certain gene mutations, they have certain gut pathogens, they end up producing too much ammonia in their digestive tracts. And this can this could lead to a whole host of unpleasant symptoms, including night waking, as well as that awful, awful brain fog. So the carnitine mm -hmm. can work very quickly to help people restore a very healthy brain function. It also supports our mitochondria, and it also is helpful for, for blood sugar balancing. I could go on. I could talk about carnitine with all of its benefits, <laughs> but those are probably the most relevant ones to, to people going through some of the stress-related symptoms. Our, our mitochondria are very much affected by stress. And so part of healing and healing quickly is replenishing the mitochondria. Got it. Great stuff. And obviously they can get the book for all your specific supplement recommendations, but like, let me ask maybe what's one more. Cause I feel like you're, these are very smart evidence-based things that aren't often talked about like myo-inositol and L-carnitine. So what's a third one? And then they can read the book for the other three, but what's the third supplement that may people, people will be surprised that you're recommending? Oh, yes. So typically when people are under in that stress response, they tend to be more likely to get sick. Their immunity is affected, right? Part of that is the secretory IgA in their digestive tract. Usually I'll see that's very, very low. Mm -hmm. um, and that comes with when your secretory IgA is low, then you're going to be more susceptible to various pathogens. So you might go out for sushi with friends and your secretory IgA is low and your friends all have great great secretory IgA amounts, but you're going to eat the same exact food and you're the one that can get food poisoning or you're the one that can get a pathogen from eating foods. And so to restore that, I actually utilize a beneficial probiotic known as Sarcomyces boulardii because it naturally raises secretory IgA levels. It also helps to fight H. pylori infections. It helps to get rid of certain protozoal parasites 
The one that I've noticed in about 30% of people with Hashimoto's is known as blastocystis hominis. Mm -hmm. And it's like correlated with IBS and with hives. And that can clear it out in about 30 days. And then it also helps us with cleaning out mold from the digestive tract and cleaning out candida and dysbiosis. So again, it's one of these like multi-purpose supplements where I'll be like, just do this. My brother has coined the term pilbo baggins. I don't know if you've heard that, <laughs> that but I loved, I have not heard about that. So it's like a Lord of the Rings uh, supplement graveyard take on it, pilbo yeah. baggins. <laughs> so when you're taking so many supplements that you just become a pilbo baggins. And so, um, so I joke in the book that I'm like, I'm not going to turn you into like a pilbo baggins when you have to take like so many supplements a day to feel, feel well. <laughs> I feel like that should be the title of this episode is don't be a pillbow baggins. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So you have it, interestingly enough, talked about adaptogens yet, but then you mentioned you want the protocol to be, you know, no matter who you are, if you're a nursing mom or whatever, you have other variables to consider what are your thoughts on adaptogens generally? And then let's start there. What are your thoughts on adapt adaptogens generally for HPA access support? I love adaptogens. They can be a game changer. I oftentimes will tell people when you take adaptogens, everybody in your life becomes like less annoying and less irritating. It's just magical what happens, but they do really give us that opportunity to become more resilient. And various ones have been studied to be helpful with depression, to be helpful with anxiety, to be helpful with sleep issues. Now, they're not going to be, if you're pregnant, you probably don't want to utilize adaptogens. There are other things you can utilize to support your stress response, like B vitamins, vitamin C, magnesium, electrolytes, right? Mitochondrial support is great during pregnancy. Most people can take adaptogens safely. Um, nursing moms even can take adaptogens. I would not take like a big blend of adaptogens. If you're a nursing mom, I would maybe consider some like um, holy basil or Tulsi. This also has lactogenic properties. So be sure to talk to, you know, your, your midwife or nursing con or lactation consultant, but there is uh, so many different ones. They all have different personalities, right? I love utilizing like maca shatavri for women. Maybe that they need a little bit more help with libido women with thyroid issues, they find ashwagandha, rhodiola to be especially helpful. You know, if you have issues with like sleeping, reishi can be incredibly helpful if you have chronic EBV infections. So I have a whole list of them and I have one that people can utilize as a starting point and they also could choose which one they want to do. They can be a really, really big part of helping you feel better. Um, again, you don't want to just do adaptogens and keep you know, burning the bridge at both ends, you do want to make sure you look at your life as a whole and like what's stressing you out right now. If it's like history of trauma that's weighing you down, I don't want you just to take supplements, right? I want you to mm -hmm. actually focus on healing yourself, right? So you mm -hmm. can be your best self. Yeah, well said. That's a great point. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens every day. I love it. My telehealth team loves it. My patients love it. Why? AG1 is way more than just greens. It's all your key health products like multivitamins, multiminerals, pre and probiotics, and so much more, 
working together synergistically as one. With Athletic Greens, I know that I'm getting daily nutrients plus long-term gut health. And AG1 is so much more than just greens. It's all your key health products like multivitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and so much more working together synergistically as one. With just one scoop, that's all you need, I get the nutrients and gut health support that helps my whole body thrive and covers my nutritional bases. On labs, I see nutrient deficiencies very, very commonly, and you really are fixing all of these nutrient deficiencies when you're consistently using Athletic Greens. It's made with 75 super high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food-sourced ingredients that deliver benefits like mood support, immune system support, sleep support, sustained energy throughout the day, and so much more. So if you want to take ownership of your health, today is a great time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash willcole. That's athleticgreens.com slash willcole. Check it out. As you know, the podcast is called The Art of Being Well. At the end of every episode, we have Your Art of Being Well. This is Dr. Isabella Wentz's Art of Being Well. First question is, what is the worst tasting healthy food that you still eat because of the nutrition signs behind it, but it still tastes freaking disgusting? What's that food for you? Oh, you know, some of the mushrooms, like they're like, these mushrooms are supposed to be so great for balancing us, but, and, and they're, they don't taste so good, but I, I enjoy eating them because yeah. for the health benefits. What, what mushrooms are you most excited about from a science standpoint? I agree with you. I hate the taste of mushrooms. I really do. Well, you know, like reishi mushrooms are really great. And, and I love shiitake mushrooms. I think they all have, again, their own personalities. I love cordyceps. And I try to incorporate them into my diet and I don't always, but, but I do try. <laughs> yeah. You're a better human than me. I really struggle. I can get them in powder or capsule form, but like cooking with them, I have no interest in it at all whatsoever. It's tricky. It is so tricky. Yeah. I, I usually take them as supplements for that reason as well. Yeah. What's one of the biggest misconceptions about the wellness world or maybe your work specifically that you want to like set the record straight because people just get it wrong so often? I would say with thyroid issues, people say, think that they need to avoid goiterogens. So mm. they think that if they have a thyroid condition that they need to avoid broccoli. And I, I don't know, like this rumor, I think, you know, back when people used to have iodine deficiency, hypothyroidism, this was maybe slightly relevant. But now I just see it so often. People are like, why are you eating broccoli? It doesn't it kill your thyroid? No, people, broccoli does not kill your thyroid. Like bro you can eat broccoli. If you don't like it, don't eat it, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if you enjoy it, please do enjoy it because it does have a lot of health benefits and it's it's not going to, um, you know, ruin your thyroid, right? Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. And people, you're right, the, goit the, the, the goitrogen fear mongering <laughs> that happens uh, with, uh, vegetables like broccoli. It's, uh, yeah, maybe they're just looking for a reason because they don't like broccoli. Yeah, that it, might be, that, that you might do be you. If you don't like broccoli, <laughs> don't eat it. Like I'm yeah, not going to judge, it, but, but don't, don't <laughs> say that it's because it's your thyroid, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. What's your favorite outdoor nature sound? Is it the wind? Is it the water? Is it the, it, what, what is it? Birds chirping? 
I love sitting at the ocean and hearing the waves. That really is my favorite. Love it. What's your favorite beach place, ocean place, uh, ocean town that you love to visit? Playa del Rey, California. Nice. What part? What part of California is that? That's right outside of LA. So my husband and I used to have a. We used to live in this condo complex in Playa del Rey as newlyweds, and we go back and visit very frequently now. And we bring our son every few months just to enjoy the beach. So it's right love- next to Marina del Rey. It's a teeny, oh, teeny, tiny beach it. town. Got it. I've heard of it. I know Marina del Rey. So it's the Santa Monica-ish area. Is that fair to say? Yeah. In between Marina del Rey and El Segundo, it's like one of LA's best kept secrets. It's super it, laid apparently, back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've never been. I've never been all around there. I used to live in Southern California. Never been to Playa del Rey. I have to check it out. It won't be a secret anymore now. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite natural scent? Is it maybe like a specific essential oil smell? What What is that for you? Mm, I really love lavender. I enjoy that scent. So whenever, if I'm having like a kind of a stressful day or whatever, I'll just be like, okay, essential oils going in. And then we just like lavender the whole house. I love it. Do you wear a perfume? I know that, that controversial, there's natural perfumes there's there's conventional ones what are your thoughts on that do you once do you wear one specifically and if so what which one um i don't wear perfume i actually use a geranium essential oil on my wrists and on my neck it helps to support progesterone levels too which is great because i just turned 40 and i find that that smells really really lovely love it do you if you had to pick coffee or tea what would you pick I would pick tea and specifically, I love Earl Grey tea. I love that. Me smell too. No way. Yes. Earl Grey twins right here, right now. Oh my gosh. I love, it's my favorite tea. Cheers. I'm drinking <laughs> Cheers Earl Grey to right that. now. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. I love Earl Grey tea. What's your favorite place to get Earl Grey? Where, where do you get yours? I usually will buy like the organic, like two leaves and a bud. That's what I usually get. Do you have a place that where we should meet for tea one day? Is you have yeah, a, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, next time I'm in, we're in the same city for sure. I'll reach out. We'll, we'll do it. I, you know what I get when I'm in between consulting patients here at the telehealth center, I'll get the, I'll get the peak tea because it's just a little sachet, a little, yeah, sachet, right? And it's quick. Have you ever tried peaks Earl Grey tea? Yes. And thank you for reminding me of that because I need to order more. That actually is so <laughs> delicious. And the the thing with some of the other teas they can have, I just learned about the microplastics in some of the tea bags. Mm-hmm. So I was actually thinking about switching to their version because they don't have any of the microplastics that some of, some of the tea bags have, right? Yeah, absolutely. What's an up and coming wellness research study or trend even within wellness that you really love right now? Hmm. Well, I don't know if it's up and coming, but one of the very interesting things that I've been working with for the last few years is working with like P5P and zinc. And it's a little bit of old school, but people with social anxiety and people who maybe were like once extroverts and all of a sudden they find themselves not liking people Taking P5P and zinc together can help them be more tolerant in social situations. So that that's been something that's I I studied that in in pharmacy school at one of my rotations, and I feel like I think it should be an up and coming trend and really 
tuning into like, what, why are we anxious? Like what's causing that? Are there, you know, there are psychological issues that I'm so glad we can address and we have awareness of, of all those tools, but what are some of the other things like going on in a person physiologically, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. Well, let's make it a trend. Hopefully all the people that listen to this podcast will look into this at the, at the research around it. What's your favorite restaurant in the world? And when you're there, what do you order? (laughs) So there is a restaurant called Hat Creek. It is in Texas, in Austin, Texas. And it's my favorite restaurant in the world because there's a playground on it. So that means (laughs) that my husband and I can take our five-year-old and we can sit and talk to each other and they have grass-fed gluten-free burgers. So I love burgers and I love grass-fed burgers. And if they can be gluten-free, it's like, you, hey. you've, you've got, you've got my number, right? <laughs> <laughs> so wait, I'm going to be in Austin soon. What, where, what's this called again? Hat Creek. Hat Creek. Okay. I need to check this out. Cause I love a good grass-fed gluten-free burger too. It is For really sure. fabulous. And you can bring your son too, but yes. he might not enjoy the playground equivalent as much as our five-year-old <laughs> does. But. Yeah, Isabella met, met my son Solomon a few weeks, not that long ago in Los Angeles, uh, when we were both passing, we were passing by uh, talking to our friend, Sean. Uh, so let's, yeah, I, I have to check that out. Have you ever been to Picnic in Austin? I have not, but it's on my list and it's a paleo restaurant, right? It's so good. Yeah. You can get these fried fish tacos and cassava tortillas. It's so good. So okay. Good. I yeah. I think I need to add them to my list. Okay. Yeah, really good stuff. Picnic. Yeah. Tons of food, like tons of just like better for you options there. Good oil, cooked in good oils, good ingredients, just like good, delicious, like soul food, but done right. Oh my gosh. I love it. I wonder if, yeah. if they cater. <laughs> <laughs> Check that out. I don't know. I think they may, they may. What's the weirdest wellness thing that you've done that you're willing to admit on a podcast? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. There's been so many. Um, I think, wow. I used to like, um, when I was having hair loss, I used to put like all kinds of oils in my hair to see if that would help my hair loss. It did not help my hair loss. And it also made my pillows and bed very, very stinky. (laughs) There's been others. I mean, colon hydrotherapy, that was a little awkward. That was, you know, something I like, I didn't tell my husband about it for a few weeks after I did it because I was kind (laughs) of like, man, that that was weird. That was a really weird situation for me. And the, the woman that I saw, she said about half of the people, like she has to take deposits because like, Half of the people to like, I don't know, more than maybe 70% of the people like make the appointment and never show up. And she was like, so offended. I'm like, well, I think I know why. I think I know why people don't show up to these appointments. (laughs) That's hysterical. So you you wouldn't do it again? I did not. But you're a gut doctor. So, I mean, I feel like I could tell you anything. Yeah. Um, There's nothing off limits here. Nothing off limits. I ended up doing it once and I ended up having like horrific diarrhea for like a Mm. while after it was earlier on my healing journey. And then I had to take a ton of probiotics to, to get Mm -hmm. my gut flora back up. So it can work for other people, I'm sure. And also the experience just 
it, it didn't feel super um, high end. <laughs> didn't didn't feel like very relaxing. It was a little it was a little weird, <laughs> a little bit out of my comfort zone. But there you yeah. go. You, you got to do things out of your comfort zone every now and then, right? <laughs> I've never done it. I've never done it. I don't have any experience in it to speak on it. Do you ever go to Starbucks? And if you go to Starbucks, what's your Starbucks order? Earl Grey tea. Oh, that's hey, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I will get the black tea iced with light iced no added water i don't want it diluted starbucks don't do it to me that's how i get the big tea because i want a big tea to like i'm normally in an airport and that's what i like sip on throughout the entire day traveling but it's my starbucks go to uh, my pro tip it's not organic it's not the best quality tea i get it don't don't judge me health zealots but <laughs> i enjoy it if you could only use one skincare product what would that product be I use only one skincare product and I use a cure face wash. And that's what I use. I probably should up my skincare routine. So always well, you have for great tips. skin. Thank you. No. So what's it called? People are going to want to know what a cure, A-C-U-R-E. It's it. available at like Whole Foods and it's, it's just great. I just use it once a day in the evening. Love it. Love it. What's a book that you've read in the last year? It could be fiction or nonfiction. That's like really got you thinking in a fresh new way or was really insightful for you? Uh, gut feelings. <laughs> oh, thank you. That made my day. Thank you. I love it. it. Thank you for writing it. Oh my goodness. So sweet of you. So my friend, where can people get the book? How can people learn about your work? Tell them all the things. Where do they go? My website is thyroidpharmacist.com. So you can come there. I have new articles every week that talk about how to get to the root causes of, of various symptoms and health issues. And my book is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, wherever fine books are sold. So I hope you'll check it out. Oh, they will. They We have some book buying people that love to learn. So and no doubt about that. My friend, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Come back anytime. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back every Monday and Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.